0: Hey guys, welcome to the Essentially Soulful podcast. I'm Britt and I am a fitness and nutrition coach as well as a wellness advocate with doTERRA. I'm here to ignite your fitness and nutrition goals with teachings on mindfulness, nutrition, supplementation, essential oils, and the power of positive thinking. This podcast will be a combination of essential oil education segments so you can easily learn how to use them in your home and develop daily healthy habits as well as meditations and motivational clips. I've always said that we must love ourselves first, spread it throughout our home, share it with the community, and change the world. So I want to know, what's your inner fire telling you when you drive with your hands on the wheel from 10 to 2? Let's unlock the power within you together. Hey guys, I wanted to make this episode about my story. I really hesitated to tell my story for a few reasons. I didn't really know where to begin, how to lay it out, if it mattered. And really the timing had to be right. But the timing feels right. And I feel like it is a story that there is someone else out there that could relate to it. So my hope for telling my story is to number one, let you get to know a little bit more about me and for it to hopefully help you feel more comfortable in your own skin. See, that's the thing that I've struggled with my whole life feeling comfortable in my own skin. My story is really a story of trying to find true self-love. And this really started from so far back as I can remember. I remember being a young girl and feeling a fire inside of me and feeling like I was not living up to that fire wasn't good enough. I wasn't meeting its expectation. I wasn't doing enough. I wasn't exploding enough. I wasn't getting, you know, good enough grades or striving to be on top. And I think for many reasons, I didn't feel like I deserved to be on top, but I also didn't necessarily want to be on top. I just wanted to feel on top of my own life and really more internally than externally. So I begin my story when I was nine years old. That's really as far back as I can remember. Before that, I don't really think I remember anything. I think I would just be telling you things from pictures or home videos, because my father was really good at taking home videos. And and so was my mom. So we had tons of home videos when we were kids. And, you know, me and my three brothers, we were all pretty theatrical. So we had a lot of fun making home videos. And we had even more fun watching them later in life. So if I start from when I was nine, I can remember... I tried out for the all boys soccer team in my town. I'd always been an athlete and I grew up with three brothers. So I was challenged in that way no matter what. I really had to step up to the plate. I had athletic brothers. We played outside all the time. So I wanted to keep up with the gang. And the gang was all boys. I had cousins that lived next door. They were boys. My brothers. We had friends, um, the Cackleys, they were boys. So it was like, I, uh, I either chose to keep up with the pack or I had to play by myself and I don't like to be by myself. So I chose to keep up with the pack. So that gave me a lot of tough skin. Um, and you know, I, I obviously got a lot of masculine energy from that, but it was always a girl at heart But I tried out for the all-boys soccer team because I've always loved a good challenge, especially a physical challenge. It's always been kind of like in my blood, in me. It's like what I love to do. So I tried out for this team, and lo and behold, I make the team. So me and there was one other girl. Her name was Meredith. We were the only two girls on the team, and it was a really fun team. The coaches were great. We, We were a good team. You know, we did a lot of fun things. We did tournaments. We um, had these, you know, ridiculous yellow jerseys. And actually, my husband uh, was on my team, so we have a story that goes pretty far back. And you know, I feel that a lot of the people that were on that team, I could reach out to any one of them still, even though we haven't really talked much over the years. And there's there's a sort of a bond there between those of us who are on that that yellow team. However, even though I made the team, I never really felt like I fit in. You know, I wanted to be on an all-boys team, but I still wanted to be looked at as a girl, as a pretty girl, right? Like we all we want to know that you know, we can hang with the boys, but we we want to be we want to be noticed too. So I definitely was a tomboy growing up. There's no doubt about that until I hit high school. And, but at heart, I wanted to be like the girls who were soft and who had fashionable clothes and who had ponytails that curled just right or who could have like that crimp look. And it just was like spot on. And I'm that just wasn't me. I had a ponytail I wore my dad's sweater for picture day and I just, I didn't really pull off the soft girl thing. And so that's sort of how I grew up. And then I hit high school and I wanted to rebel and like really come out of the, come out of the gate, like proving like, Hey, like I'm not just a tomboy. I can be a pretty girl. So through all that, you know, I struggled with, you know, loving myself and my self-image and and that whole being good enough. Nothing I did in my mind was good enough or enough. I had to strive to do better in my sports. I had to strive to do better in my grades. I had to strive to do better um, as a friend. I had to strive to prove to my parents that I was super independent. I described to my brothers that I was stronger than them, but I was also vulnerable. You know, there was a lot of that conflict going on. And I think that that's totally normal when you're a teenager. But when you're a teenager, you feel like, first of all, you're the only one going through it. And then you feel like totally crazy for going through it. And you don't talk about it because everybody's dealing with it and nobody wants to admit it, right? So I'm long from my teenage years, so it's easy to talk about that now. But I struggled. I struggled so much and I struggled so much to try to always prove who I was rather than just being who I was. So I didn't struggle to make friends. I didn't, you know, I, I was actually, I ended up being the captain of my soccer team, I was captain of the tennis team and and I'm only sharing these things to to paint that picture that on the outside I really truly looked like I had it all. As my high school years went on, you know, I dated guys and I had some fabulous relationships, I had some not so fabulous flings. And through it all, I, you know, it was almost like the healthier, the relationship, the more I felt like I didn't deserve it. So then I would think all I was really worth was a fling, right? So it was like, Hey, like, I don't, I don't really love myself. So I'm just going to give my body away. Um, and it was easy to do that because I didn't have that self-love. I didn't have that good self image. I didn't, I didn't think that I really even mattered, and so I figured I would just kind of be under the radar and kind of do my thing, and I'd figure it out someday. So I also grew up going to church, so I always had that in, my, in the back of my mind, on my heart, and really as part of, part of my life. You know, my parents were really good about bringing us to church but also talking about what we learned at church you know it wasn't just like hey we're just going to go to church to go to church we had discussions about it we had conversations it was my father really lived by it my mom really lived by it you know they 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 were really always good people and they always worked as a team within their marriage and you know they've built this this beautiful life due to, due to their faith and due to their mutual respect. And they taught us that. So I didn't even lack in that area either. There really wasn't any lack. So my story, it's not like I can tell you, oh, this happened. So that's why I struggled with self-love. Nothing bad really ever happened to me. The only bad things that happened to me were due to my choices, the choices that I made due to the fact that I didn't really care about myself. So, you know, think what you want about that, right? Do I feel bad for myself? Not at all. I really don't. I, I, that whole lack of self love was really part of my journey. It's been part of my journey for a reason. And I think the one thing that I've always had really deep down inside of me, even if it was really small, a really little bit, or a really dim light, was I always had faith. I always knew I would blossom. And the blossoming meant that I would find that true love. And I knew it wasn't going to be in another man. I knew it wasn't going to be through my mother. I knew it wasn't going to be through my kids. I knew there was a love out there that was supposed to live inside of me. That was bigger than me. That I had to tap into. But knowing that wasn't enough. I knew it. But I almost put it on the back burner as like, okay, it'll come. I'll get to that and really the longer that I I put that in the back the more poor decisions I made throughout my late teenage years and through my 20s I went through a series of just really bad decisions bad decisions with relationships bad decisions with behaviors bad decisions with my body bad decisions with friends and you know in any way you could really make a bad decision I've probably done it for sure and when I look back and when I really think about it it all stems from that one thing self-love see I've read a ton of books I've done different types of therapy I've done meditation I exercise I mean I took that on as a profession. I understand health. I understand the pillars of health. And I always knew there was something missing. Something wasn't there. And as I kind of went through college and graduated from college, I kept searching for that thing. At 22 years old, I was a senior in college and I, I found out I was pregnant. By the time I found out I was pregnant, I was three months along. And it was a very unsupported event in my life. It, it, it wasn't a jumping with joy. It wasn't a, oh, yes, you, you know, you're going to do this. You got this. It's going to work out for you. It was very different than that. It was, Oh my God, I can't believe you're pregnant. Or, or did you hear at the time I made a name was Garcia, Brick Garcia is pregnant. Um, Oh wow. Like you're going to end up on welfare. Um, I had a lot of voices, a lot of things that were coming my way. And that was really the first time in my life that I realized I had to push everybody out to be able to make the right decision for myself. It didn't matter what anybody said. I knew that that was going to be a turning point in my life. The decision that I made that day, do I have this baby? Do I not have this baby? That was going to be a decision that would set a direction in my life one way or another. So I've always been someone who really worked hard. Um, I had two jobs in college. I took on, you know, extra courses in my semesters just to try to finish. I always took summer courses. Working hard was never, I never struggled with that. I thrive on working hard. I love to do things. I'm a doer. I'm an Aries by nature. So I like to be doing things. So at the time when I found out I was pregnant, I was working two jobs. I was going to school with a, like an over full-time schedule. And I was almost about to finish up and I was going to be starting to apply for residency because I was studying to be a registered dietitian. So you know, that my life was was going in a pretty clear direction, or so I thought, right? We think we have this direction. We think we have it all planned out. And sometimes we get this, what I've learned to call it, is a divine intervention. And that was really, truly my first divine intervention. So I decided one day um, I was living with with my son's father. At the time we had an apartment. Um, I was living off campus and I made it seem like I was going to go on with my day. Normal. I was going to at classes. I was going to go to work. You know, I just, I, I didn't tell him it was going to be a normal day. And I knew that I had to sort of do this and so that I could be alone, like truly alone and not influenced. So, there was not a phone. There was not, you no, know, I wasn't going to class. I I called out of work, all those things. And I decided to go for a walk down the street. Um, we lived in this, you know, little, little street and had like the sidewalk, and it was a super cloudy day. So I decided to go for a walk, and and on my walk, I just started to pray. And I, I remember I say pray to God, and I said, Lord, just give me a sign, give me a sign to know what's the right decision. What is the right decision by you? And whatever that decision is just in that sign, please also let me know that I'm going to be okay, That I'm going to be able to handle whatever that decision is. And as soon as I said that prayer, the skies literally opened up the clouds separated and the sun beamed down on what felt like only me like no one else in the world got the sun that day but me right that's how it felt that's how powerful that's how clear that's how that's how much i knew god was answering that prayer and that sun beamed on my forehead and all over my face and I felt it through my body and I knew I knew what the decision was I was meant to have this baby I was meant to keep this baby and I was going to be okay it didn't take away my fears it didn't make the process easy but I knew it was what was meant to be so from there I called my older brother and my older brother was really receptive. He was happy. He was excited. He was like, I'm really glad you're doing this. This is going to be great. And then I call my mom, she wasn't so psyched and you know, I'm a mom now. I wasn't, I was only 22 then I was really young and I don't really know. I had no clue what it was like to be a mom, even though I was signing up for the job. Um, but in her mind, you have to remember, she was thinking like a mom, right? She was thinking about her daughter. She wants her daughter to have this beautiful and rich life. So she was thinking about only what she knew in the moment. And then I called my dad and he started crying. And he said, I got to go get you some folic acid. And <laughs> I? To do stuff like that, he's he's you know, he's not like the uh, you know, let me go, let me take care of all the details for my kids type dad. He's more of like a hey, you're I raised you to be smart, independent people, I want you to figure stuff out. But he was so, I think, relieved of the decision that I made, and his reaction was even more of confirmation for me. So the next several months of my pregnancy were extremely difficult, um, but I got through it. And, um, you know, I, I, I did a lot of praying. It didn't help reduce the crying or the fears or the anxiety. It did increase my self love, uh, but it got me through. It got me through, and um, and we're we're, you know, it's thirteen years later that I'm recording this story, and um, I have the most incredible son anybody could ever ask for, and my mother couldn't be more in love with a young man and my dad and my son are two peas in a pod and he has a phenomenal relationship with his dad. And he's just this incredible soul who's always been an old soul with a lot of wisdom and a heart that is able to see past people's mistakes and not be judgmental but really see the big picture in who they are, who they truly are, their goodness. And he taught me a lot about that by just being him. You know, he, he was a good kid from day one. He didn't sleep much as first, like eight months, but that's okay. You know, <laughs> he didn't, um, he was up every hour and 45 minutes, but you know, I guess he was hungry. Um, which is that's all good, but you know we um, we grew up together, he and I. We've been growing up together, and sometimes I look at him and I'm like, shit, you you're like ahead of me on that one. Uh, but it's good, you know. He's um, he's an incredible kid, and he was absolutely a gift from God. Ten thousand percent. I was on birth control. I never missed a pill. Um I you know, didn't have the best habits. I didn't sleep a lot. I you know, I'd go out, you know, for those first 3 months, um uh, my boyfriend who was his dad, we'd go out and have split sangria at the restaurant down the street on, you know, on a Friday night and You know, kind of all the things you're not supposed to do when you're trying to get pregnant. I was doing them, so he's absolutely a gift from God, and that really, that really was my first stop into my story of transformation. That's where right before I, right before I had found out I was pregnant, um, or about a year before. I had been really struggling with an eating disorder. Um, I would purge everything that I ate and that was in an effort to punish myself. I just, I wasn't happy with my body. I wasn't happy with myself. And that was sort of the route I took. And when I found out I was pregnant and when I found out, um, when I had made that decision that I was going to keep the baby that was inside of me, I'd never purged again. Um, I had, I had, my body had a different purpose. It was a purpose greater than me. And I think that that's really so important when we're struggling with anything, whether it's an addiction, whether it's, uh, you know, mental health, whether it's loss of any kind, We need to have purpose. We need to have a purpose that's bigger than us. Because we are only human. We can only do so much. And when we tap into that spirit that's bigger than us. It's really incredible what we can do. So I'm going to stop there for today on that first stop to my new perspective. And I look forward to going with you to my next stop and continuing the shedding and this telling of my story of my journey to find true love. Thank you so much. And God bless. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved the episode, please share on social media with hashtag daily healthy habits and follow me at Brittany Leo blog on Instagram and visit my website for some cool free courses and downloads www.brittanyleo.blog. See you next time.